Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on nightmare time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week we are kicking off another double feature. We're calling it Tens of Terror. We're kicking it off with I Still Know What You Did Last Summer from 1998, featuring an, I don't want to say extended tanning sequence, but there's a tanning sequence in it. Classic. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> infamous tanning scene. Exactly. Everyone remembers it from the trailer. That's It's more prominent in the trailer than it is in the movie, but hey, there's a whole chunk where Jennifer Love Hewitt gets locked in a tanning bed, and that's the cornerstone of our podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we like to really get in-depth in the themes we talk about here on Nightmare on Film Street, and horror films that feature tanning beds is just, you know, it's a cause near and dear to my heart. It's also just a period of time. Like, that's a specific window of time. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. So I'm sure you're, you know what uh, our follow-up film is going to be, but today we are exclusively talking about I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. John, if the audience has not seen Fuck. I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, what are... Three good things about the movie. Well, it feels like a little bit of a cheat, but I think right up top, we got to say, there's a fucking tanning bed scare in it. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Live hard. Die young. Leave a well-tanned corpse. Um, number two, Brandy's in it. What's, what is a late 90s, early 2000s horror sequel without a pop star? It's so true. Like, There are a few of them, but... <laughs> <laughs> Can't Freddy versus up. Jason. That's about it. Mm -hmm. uh, Buster Rhymes in Halloween Resurrection. Ushers in the faculty. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole series waiting for us at this point. This is we. Sh this is how we should have done it. Paris Hilton. She had a song. She's in the House of Wax remake. There you go. Man, we should have. We we should have sat down and had this conversation before we paired it with our other secret mystery movie for next week. Uh, but point number three. It has a dozen character actors in it. Jack Black has dreads. I was going to say, early Jack Black is a whole point of its yeah. own. Oh, yeah. Early Jack Black with dreads. Jeffrey Combs with a dog. Uh, <laughs> and that's just the tip of the iceberg. 
So yeah, those are three those are three good things. Three reasons why you should absolutely check out. I still know what you did last summer. And we've got more good things to say later in the episode. Before we get started though, Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? I'm actually really, really excited to talk about this because we... Can I rephrase that question for a second? Yeah. What's keeping you sleepy this week? <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I, like we're really bad at keeping secrets and we did this a couple weeks ago and it's it's been really hard not to talk about because I'm super stoked for it. We binge watched all of the A Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, all nine films, the original run as well as Freddy vs. Jason and the much-beloved remake in one sitting. And not only did we sit down and watch every single movie, after each we recorded a full-length Fiend Club exclusive episode that we are compiling into a series called Never Sleep Again. Yeah, this was, I'm going to say, maybe a mistake. Oh, oh, it... (laughs) You know, it's good content, though. It a, took, a mistake for us, but great content. It took 30 hours to watch nine movies and record nine podcast episodes. Okay, but side note, we also have two little dogs that have to go to the bathroom every three hours, and there was a fire department emergency halfway through. Yeah, that. so, I mean, it took a lot longer than we were expecting. <laughs> Uh, we were delirious <laughs> by the end of it, and it's all on tape. Yay! <laughs> if you want to hear us lose our goddamn minds while binge-watching the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, all nine films, uh, head over to The Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. We're going to be releasing those episodes beginning first week of April. It was an experience. I went through an emotional journey. <laughs> Some new favorites, I'll say. Like, uh, 100% movies that I thought were the bottom of my franchise ranking climbed up a little bit. Yeah, I was surprised that our rankings differed. Uh, we do a live update. After every film, we we add them to to our individual rankings, and we deviate from each other's picks pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, that was... I have mixed feelings about it, but it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like John said, that first episode of Never Sleep Again is going to drop very soon in our Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Last week, we gave you a roundup of the horror film selections at South by Southwest. Basically, as soon as that was done, we hopped into the virtual edition of the Boston Underground Film Festival. Unfortunately, we could not uh, attend in person, so we didn't get to see the Gaspar Noe movies. There were two fucking Gaspar Noe movies at this film festival. Uh, But, you know, just some highlights, roundups. First up is a film called Honeycomb, which is from a Canadian director, feature film debut. uh, Basically like a no-budget movie with some friends went into the woods uh, and made this little story about these girls who sort of just abandon society one day and try and make their own civilization. Oh, man, that's a vibe. Uh, I know, right? (laughs) And uh, really promising movie. I I don't think it's going to be easily watchable for most people, uh, but definitely like a great calling card for a director that's going to make like the next great A24 movie in five, ten years from now. The other day we watched another movie called The Innocents. This movie is from Norway. It's going to be hitting theaters in early May, mid-May, Kind of a creepy kid movie, right? Yeah. 
I generally shit on creepy kid movies because they they have paranormally style and they're very over the top. This is so understated and so well done that the kids are genuinely, genuinely terrified. Yeah, you cannot trust kids. They have oh, no moral code. I'm never speaking to a kid ever again. Yeah, it, it follows a uh, it follows two sisters that move into a new apartment building, and some of the kids that they meet just seem to have mysteriously de- been developing special abilities. They can throw rocks. They can communicate telepathically. And, of course... One, one of them is evil. One of them is evil, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it it takes some fucking turns. This movie has some incredible tension building and is, you know, like as suspenseful as it is creepy. We also watched a true crime movie called Night Tram uh, from Australia, starring a bunch of American actors, actually, including Caleb Landry-Jones, who plays the the lead character who goes unnamed. Is he, is he American? Confirmed by Google, American actor. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a true crime story about the largest mass shooting in in Australia, one of the largest mass shootings in the world. It follows him in the months uh, leading up to this uh, massacre uh, to sort of get a better understanding of uh, of this character, this person, uh, and and why and what their motivations were. Another super tense movie, again, very understated. Uh, we didn't know anything about this case going into it, so I think that, that that maybe also made it even more effective. Yeah, this movie is definitely pitch black, and you have to have a stomach for true crime and really, really dark stories. Otherwise, it's going to... I had to step out of the room for some parts because it was just, like, so, so dark. Yeah, it's not like you're watching detailed news reports about what's happened. It's that it's just a very bleak look at people that the world can't help or stop. <laughs> Speaking of film festivals, Panic Fest in Kansas City is celebrating their 10th year, the end of April. They have a huge lineup they just announced. I think there's like 40 feature films. There's over 30 feature films announced right now and over 50 short films. That's insane. And that's uh, that's not all of them. There's there's more to be announced closer to uh, closer to the, the opening weekend at the end of April. And so they're going to be doing an in-person and an online thing this year. We will actually be in person this year. Woo! Um, it, an exciting celebration of the 30th anniversary of Sleepwalkers. Hell yeah. With Mick Garris, we'll be, we will be interviewing him for the podcast. It's going to be very, very fun. I'm super excited. Also, Joe Bob and Darcy are going to be there doing a live last drive-in. It's, uh, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, they're watching Bubba Hotep. Man, I haven't seen that. This... This is the exact amount of time. This is the exact perfect amount of time from the last time I watched Bubba Hotep to now. It's going to be like I'm watching it with fresh eyes. And seeing that movie with a crowd is going to be a fucking delight. You can find more info about the first wave announcement over on our website. We just published an article on it at nofspodcast.com. And yeah, we'll be there. So come. Yeah, I can't wait. Movies that we've been shouting out since last year's film festival are going to be playing at Panic Fest. And there's so many movies we haven't seen, so if you do come, don't expect to be hanging out with us in anywhere but a theater, because we are going to be busy. Yeah, I've heard (laughs) lots of good things about this found footage movie that's like super Lovecraftian, like maybe one of the best Lovecraftian movies ever, and it's found footage? Damn, can't wait. I'm so excited. That's enough news up top. That was a lot. Sorry to download all of that on you, but there are just... 
too many good movies coming out this year. Too many good movies hitting the film festival circuit. And we would love to chat with you in person about every single one of them. So if you are in the Kansas City, Missouri area, uh, hit us up at Panic Film Fest. Keep an eye out for us literally at any film festival. Like You never know where we're going to pop up. <laughs> you can also chat with us online at NOFS Podcast on Twitter. We just launched a community. Uh, I oh, don't, yeah. I, I don't know it. how you find it. If you have the communities tab, just look up NOFS. If not, just DM us. One of us will get you in there. And also our Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. You want to talk about some tanning beds? I fucking do. Because I think that's what we came here to do. (laughs) Can we get into it? Let's talk about I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Mark of the morning for Magic 96.7 Radio. Oh my God. Yes. One Magic. After what happened last summer. We are going to... Nobody deserves a vacation more than Julie James. We have arrived in paradise. And here, miles from civilization. So a great weekend. Yeah, to a great weekend for She's me. finally gotten away from it all. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made Julie the key. If I'd have known for just one second, you'd be back to bother me. Don't have the lyrics. Hold on. <laughs> something to the screen it said what are you talking about but she can never escape her past it's happening again what because there are some secrets there, there was a body in there oh. i am not going crazy he's here oh. who is here and there are some fears hey julie you see any dead bodies out there two summers ago we hit ben willis with our car and then we threw his body in the water can you not tell me the whole story i'm your best friend that will haunt her forever i want off this island that's not possible this time I still know what you did last summer. Get hooked again. I still know what you did last summer from 1998. P.S. Greatest title. Greatest title to a sequel ever. (laughs) It's currently sitting at a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb. 7%. Single digit, 7% that on Rotten That may Tomatoes. be the lowest rating we've ever done. I think you might be right. Some, something tells me a crime. It's kind of insane. <laughs> kind of insane. And uh, on Letterboxd, it has a 2.3 out of 5. Wow. So I went searching through. I have plenty of things to say off the top. This is the first thing that came out of my mouth. So I I hunted, hunted, hunted through IMDb and Wikipedia because we watched all of the credits after we finished the film and Jack Black was not credited. Not in the credits. And I was very fucking upset. And so I was like, surely some super fan knows and it's in like the IMDb trivia. It's on Letterboxd. (laughs) Like, 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 fun fact, Jack Black got famous after after this was made but before it was was released and didn't want to be associated with it at all. There's just nothing about it. But I did read that because the film was so poorly received, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Freddie Prince Jr. has never watched the movie. 
He didn't go to the premiere? I guess not. <laughs> He's like, well, I was there. I just closed my eyes. Yeah, according to the according to the IMDb trivia. But the wow. ID, IMDb trivia did not say anything about the Jack Black scenario. So That's interesting. Uh, and I have verified that with thine own eyes. I'm upset that Freddie... If, like, I'm going to take this as actual fact because you read it on the internet, right? I did. It's got to be real. I know. I think it is a shame that he has not watched this movie because I think he's the best part. I think he's 100% the best part of this movie. This movie has two wandering paths that meet to each other at the end. (laughs) We're getting so far away. I I still have something I want to say about the title, but I have to... I have something I want to say about the end of the first movie. (laughs) Like, I I really want to rewind. Okay, this is a loaded-ass film. So, Freddie Prince Jr., okay, I'm going to blow your mind here. Please. This movie is The Fucking Shining. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine's okay. not blown Hur- yet. Hurricanes are to snowstorm huh? as because the it's their version of winter. As the Overlook Holy Hotel shit. is to this resort. Okay. And Freddie Prince Jr. is the fucking chef. Okay. He's I, the cook. I like this. I like this a lot. He's Doc Halloran. <laughs> is okay. So is Jeffrey Combs? And he's like, dog, I need to rent twins? your your snow cat. And they're like, You sure you want to go out there? <laughs> Yo, don't don't even start. Every fucking scene with him making his way to the island is fucking incredible. When he comes into that dude's like shack and he's just watching the curse of the demon, Night of the Demon from like the fifties, and he's like, I wasn't looking for a weather report. I want your boat. And he just cocks I mean, a gun. Just seeing Freddie Prince Jr. trying to do he's so miscast in this movie. Perfectly cast. Because <laughs> What are you talking about? No, okay, so he's miscast, but I'm saying it with a smile. Because he's trying to play like gritty and like Fuck yeah. This is like a noir, hard-boiled, I've gotta save the dame story. He goes to a fucking pawn shop with his engagement ring to get a gun. How, like, what what else do you need, right? Like, I'm not talking to you. You love this movie. But I'm just saying, like, gritty as fuck. He's gotten this, like, rain-soaked noir arc, and I love it. Black eye, perfect hair. Yeah, when he goes to get that fucking gun, and I, I completely have not looked up the actor's name, but, you know, he's in Sons of Anarchy. He shows up as the guy who likes to stencil on jeans in The Last Man on Earth. Uh, He's like, he's got a fucking cigarette hanging from his mouth. It's a pawn shop straight out of a Tom Waits song. And when he goes to give him the gun, he's like, you sure you want to go this way, son? Like, on a close-up, it's brilliant. It is everything that a a rain-soaked noir should be. I love that they did this. It is a completely different movie. Like, two movies that have been smashed together to make I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, It's really because they just need a break in the action at the the Hurricane Hotel. Because these characters are just running around everywhere with no direction. Is a Hurricane Hotel off-seasons, the entire place has just emptied out. Is that not the perfect location for a fucking whodunit? Oh, it's fucking fantastic. It's not a whodunit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, this movie isn't a whodunit. I, I was sidestepping from the entire oh, podcast. Like, is that not a great setting for a whodunit? No, it's amazing. It's yeah. like a Nancy Drew video game. That I-, I love those video games. I've watched you play every single one of them from over your shoulder. Side note, if you like murder mysteries and you are not afraid to be lumped with a category of 12-year-old girls who love murder mysteries, you should play the Nancy Drew video games. They are very good. Except for the most recent one, don't get the Salem one. I know it's the most exciting, but it's not very good. Right, how you fuck up a Salem Nancy Drew story. Because they sold the company and it's not the same. Either way. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting off track. Okay, what I wanted to say at the beginning, but Uh I had to say that we're We're laying our cards out real early in this, by the way. Like, it's got a 7% of Rotten Tomatoes. I love it. Okay. 
this is maybe one of the most watchable sequels of all time, and I I don't want to be added about this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hear anything otherwise. Okay. I fucking love watching this movie every single time. I am not allowed to have coffee anymore. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. That's what this movie did to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame they never play this one at the drive-in. This this oh, is the drive-in movie to play. This is just absolute. Just a joy. Uh, the fucking title. Mm-hmm. I still know what you did Love last it. summer. Love it. Okay. I know what you did the summer before last is the correct title. I, okay. It's two summers ago. So they killed Ben Willis or they didn't kill Ben Willis. Yeah. And then the next summer is when he starts killing them in the first movie. Sure. And then this movie is two summers after. So I know... What you did two summers ago. They still lied under oath in the previous film. What are you talking about? When the <laughs> cops showed up and they were like, why does this guy want to kill you? And they're like, I oh, don't yeah. know. I guess that's true. He could be referencing the ti- the second time they tried to I know you him. cut off. I know you pinched off my hand last summer. <laughs> you remember that? When he's got his fucking like, hand caught in, the, in the, the master rope or whatever and it just pinches off at the top? I honestly, and I say this every single time we watch I know what you did last summer, the first film. I have no idea how how the ending, I just don't understand it. It's I, hard and fast. They yeah. go through all this this weird Billy Blue red herring, and it turns out it's Freddie Prince Jr., but we still love him, and he's not a bad guy. And then it's actually just this fisherman dude, but it's just, like, so anticlimactic. It's just like, what? It's not... Sydney's boyfriend was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but but how ballsy is it for a movie to give you For to just be a fisherman? <laughs> well, sure. No. I no, I'm 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 skirting right to the end of the movie. Like Skirt. how <laughs> how ballsy is it uh, of you to in your first movie go We'll be back next summer, baby. Like, they give you a final scare to go out on that is 100% the title of the next movie. And then they fucking retcon it in the beginning of this movie. Sure do. It's like, you know, it was really good, but you know what? Fuck it. We, we came up with something better. Also, <laughs> a throwaway line where it's, I, oh, oh, yeah, I had but- that nightmare again. <laughs> you mean the one in the shower? No, 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 that was a different one. <laughs> okay, so one of the best things about this movie... Maybe the most annoying thing, but the best thing uh-huh. is the first 25, 30 minutes, no horror. No horror to be found. So it's just jump scare city. Poor Brandy has to scare Jennifer Love Hewitt at least 30 times. Every single time she <laughs> she's in her own apartment, she gets jump scared yeah, by Brandy. Yeah, can't turn lights on, creeping around, hides in a closet. Yeah, hiding in a closet because she's looking for an outfit. Right. That is the worst sort of... Like, we're trying to make you suspect it's Brandy. Never. (laughs) Never did I suspect it was Brandy. Inconsiderate laundry that turns out to be a plot point. (laughs) Why is she scared of the laundry machine? I understand you wake up and you hear a noise in your apartment and you're skittish because you're a character. She thought it was a human head. She thought you it thought was that, that's Helen what she Shivers' thought? head. Which is hilarious because they do have that exact gag later in the movie. It's a whole ass body. Like, it's a straight My Bloody that's Valentine. That's what I'm saying. It was a plot setup. That was, wow. that was the fucking loaded gun above the bar. Do you mean to tell me that at some point when they were putting a draft of the screenplay together and they had the scare where the, the maid comes out of the industrial dryer, not burned at all. And they're like, characters aren't going to understand this. Dryers, yeah. How, how do you expect an audience? Audience to understand the concept of dryers. Why would she want to go check that out? <laughs> also, how inconsiderate is it of Brandy to put a pair of shoes in the dryer while somebody else in the apartment is sleeping? 
Like, sure, whatever. Go ahead and put your shoes in the dryer if they're wet. That I, happens. Okay, so Carla, Brandy's character. I'm calling her Brandy. I know. And uh, Freddie Prince Jr., Jennifer Love Hewitt, they all have names. Yeah. But she's a terrible friend. Is she? Okay, so I'm going to say two things. Carla, terrible friend. Very pushy, which is a very domineering friend, very controlling friend. Okay. But I will say in her defense that Jennifer Love Hewitt, Julie mm. is an unfriendable character. I see. I 100% agree with you on that. I would just not tolerate her. No. At some point, Brandy was like, oh, we, you know what we got to do, girl? We got to take you down to the gym. And then she wasn't feeling it. So she was like, you know what? I got a better I'm idea. Gonna I'm going to throw you in the tannin, babe. And I was like, I would not give a shit. I would stop caring about this girl at this point. Brandy, just enjoy your vacation. She fucking gave away two of her Bahama tickets for Julie. So Yo, Ju- can Ju- you- <laughs> Julie's fucking boyfriend for no reason at all. The plan in this movie is great. <laughs> what like, if she picked three other people? <laughs> like, what if she didn't bring Jennifer Love Hewitt? Uh, that's so fucking true. Yeah. Uh, but so, okay, we need to talk about the fact that Freddie Prince Jr. invited to the Bahamas. He's like, I can't go. And then his buddy's like, what are you talking about? There's no fish in the water. Yeah. We haven't caught anything. You should go. And then he's like, well, let me show you this. I got and he's got play. a fucking engagement ring. Yeah, no one wants to get... And he's essentially per- broken up with her by him not going on this trip. They are broken up. Yeah, way to go, bud. <sighs> I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's just like, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to propose to you down by this f- smelly, fishy dock. <laughs> God, it's my in favorite the, place. In the town that you love so much. <laughs> the town that you're running away from because you've covered up several murders in it. Remember how all your friends are dead? All of your cl- the closest you, people to you? Do you remember That's all those murders we have in common? It's true love. <laughs> yeah, our marriage won't last forever if I don't propose to you in a creepy fog that oh. rolls in off the beach. Yep, 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 yep. I feel like we completely glossed over my... My point that this is the greatest setup for like a slasher or whodunit, period. Like it doesn't matter whether it's a like I don't care if fucking Hercule Perot is here and he's just twiddling his goddamn mustache. This is a perfect location and a perfect setup. And I have to say too, it actually came at the perfect time because the phone stuff, like the phone's not working and oh, the radio's not working. Side note, overlook thing, the radio being out of commission. Okay, sure. And it being the only form of contact uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. because the phones are down. Yeah, there is there is the hurricane. There is a little matter of the supernatural elements of that movie, but that's cool. Fucking fishermen coming back from the dead, baby. Okay. <laughs> I buy it. Uh, but yeah, like any later and tourist destinations could not survive without Instagram. So phones will be working willy-nilly. Or they That's would there point. would be a storm and they'd be like, oh, it's this storm, my cell phone's not working. And then we'd all like roll our eyes back to the popcorn lineup. That's funny. I don't know, man. Also, also, I will say, at no point do they realize how great of a vacation this is. Like, not only is it a great spot for a mystery to happen, but it's also just a great spot for a party to happen. You mean to fucking tell me that you're in an all-inclusive resort and there's maybe five other people oh, on man. the island? it's my dream. That would be fucking incredible. And one of them is fucking Jack Black. Jack Black with dreads. And the, <laughs> dreads and the 
dumbest sunglasses you've ever seen. Like the sunglasses that that can only go with a white guy with dreads. Just floating around the pool, smoking joints, cock blocking everyone. I have so many things to say about him showing up in the pool. Because first off, funny jump scare. You know, like uh, the Mackay uh, Pfeiffer and Brandy. He's he's so fucking horny in this movie. By the way, Mackay Pfeiffer. That's his only character that's, trait. That's it. <laughs> There's literally a scene later on in the movie. He's like, I'm scared. I'm tired. I'm still horny, but I gotta get the fuck out of here and survive. And then dies. And then dies immediately. That was a good fucking death, his death. Best death of the movie. Fucking surprising. One of the only deaths. Yeah, one of the only deaths where the hook is actually used not like a knife. There are plenty of other spots where we kind of see him hook people and whatnot, but but for the most part, it's just kind of like, hey, aren't hooks sharp? Oh, (laughs) so great. Hooks are sharp. One tiny spot on the hook is sharp. Do you know how hard it is to just like slash somebody across the chest with it like it's a butcher knife? Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. I will say, as as weapons go, if you're trying to think of a gnarly slasher weapon. A hundred percent this is the one to use. Oh, and a silhouette. Anytime they show the fucking slicker with the hook and he's like, hey, 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 you're like, fuck yes. He looks great. And you gotta do nothing for it. It's just a fucking regular ass go to Bass Pro Fishers (laughs) and and get a slicker. (laughs) And the fact that it's actually just a fisherman. (laughs) That's true. Like, if he wasn't murdering people, he's just doing his job. Yeah, he uh, he did 100% just pull this from the trunk of his car. Oh, boy. When Jack Black shows up, though, when he totally cockblocks Mackay Pfeiffer and pops up out of the pool to light a joint, first off, he is fully underwater, like a submarine. And he, like... <laughs> and with the joint! With the joint! He <laughs> pops up, and then he tries to, like, light it in a candle and then floats away, guys! I'll, I'll talk to you later! Like, had that joint with him underwater. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Oh, boy. He is such a highlight of this movie. Jack Black and Jeffrey Combs, baby. Jeffrey Combs as the disgruntled hotel he, manager. Okay. Hates he people. He plays this, like, so method. There is not an ounce of levity in his performance. There's no humor. And he's a hilarious. Yeah. He is such a hilarious actor. But he's just complete stone cold assholeness, and then he dies off camera. Off camera, I know. And he has the best death splay. Best, best, best death reveal. Yeah, I tried to blend both of those words together. My tongue said splay room. <laughs> yeah, they come into his fucking office. He's got like a goddamn machete in his head. I think his dog's probably also dead. Oh, we just don't see it. Uh, and just that the dog words... was the best, by the way. They did a bunch of reaction, reaction shots, shots of the dog while they were checking in. Loved it. But yeah, just. I, I still know in blood behind him. Fuck yeah, dude. I know. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. 
I like this movie. This movie also does something that I think is brilliant, that I like. no one else seems to give a shit about it. Uh, and every time I bring it up, people are like, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's cool. When Jennifer Love Hewitt is singing karaoke in the bar. Okay, so this is why the Rotten Tomatoes score is unforgivably low. Yeah. Because this is the single greatest karaoke sequence yeah, yeah. Of all time. Absolutely. She's singing, I will survive, right? Is that the... Yeah. Yeah, just singing away. The words are there. Everybody can see it. Right as we get to, like, the the instrumental break that lasts four and a half minutes, which is why you should never sing I will survive at karaoke. The words, I still know what you did last summer, pop Program. up on the... Program! Program! Like, she should be singing it to the beat show up. Genius. So fucking smart. So how the fuck was Brandy not involved, not one of these fishermen? Because she won the contest. Yeah, won the contest. Invited Julie. Made her sing the song. Picked picked this specific song. Picked the song out of a book. (laughs) (laughs) And then is, I think we're probably really supposed to assume it was her, right? Because she's also the one who's dragging her around everywhere. I never thought it was Brandy. Not once. Never. Never, ever, Even though her hands are covered in blood by this point. (laughs) The misdirecting that they do with the, I think he's a groundskeeper, right? Like the guy, the voodoo dude? Yes. Fuck, that's another great actor whose name I didn't look up. He's in a million things. He is real good as a misdirect. Because, like, you, I, I guess I, you're like, oh, but, voodoo, scary. But, okay. But specifically, the, the rest of the group thinks he's... Where's my scrunchie? Where's <laughs> my toothbrush? The rest of the group suspects him. They think he's super weird. It's It's after that moment when he sort of explains to them... I'm going to come back to that in a second. Uh, like, what's happening? It's when he hits uh, Will Benson in the face with a piece of wood. And he's like, I'm not, we're not going anywhere. And he, like, turns and just, like, levels the dude. That's a great moment. Like, this is all good misdirecty stuff for a slasher movie. Like, oh, shit, maybe he is part of this. I don't know. Okay, but his logic here. So he's checking the girls in. He's bringing their bags to the mysterious room one and two. There's so much mystery around room one and two. Yeah. We just don't use those rooms very often because they're the honeymoon suites. First complaint, they do not show us the rooms. I wanted room porn. Yeah. I wanted hotel. I wanted to live vicariously through those honeymoon. You wanted suites. to go into a fake found footage moment where we get a Facebook post. I of wanted them to see the size the of the bathtub. I wanted to see the amenities. You I want to see them to complain see... about the tiny <laughs> mini bar in the fridge. I wanted to see the soaps. I wanted to see how the towels were folded. Either, either way, so he checks them in and and they tell him like, oh, we want a radio thing. We said the capital of Brazil. We said it was Rio. And he's like, ah, oh, cool, cool, cool. Then, so his his character here is like, that's incorrect. It's not Rio. They're in danger. They're I'm, in danger. I'm going to steal some personal <laughs> items from them. I'm sorry. And create now that, a voodoo spell. Now that you're saying it, this is Rather hilarious. than just fucking let them know they are in danger. <laughs> you could just say it. <laughs> you could he didn't want to ruin their vacation, right? What if he's what if his spell works? <laughs> this okay. Every one of his coworkers died. <laughs> this is where the movie earns that 7% and it works real hard for it okay and and it's it's that on top of him explaining to them yeah I've seen this guy in the tree lines like sort of spying on the hotel used to work here 20 30 years ago had a wife and a kid killed the wife like whoa 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 two kids they were setting up for another sequel no 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 (laughs) isn't the other kid uh Man, I'm just not good with actors' names today. The actress from the first I Know What You Did last summer. 
All right, like around the barn, they go to see her, and she's kind of crazy. No, isn't she? Fuck. Is oh wait, is that the sister of the the complete misdirect character? We is, gotta rewatch it. Yeah, isn't that like Freddie? No, I fucking. Who, you know what? We're not talking about that movie. It does not matter. I guess you're right. But that idea that what's the character's name? Ben. So Fisherman Ben. Yeah. So with there's the the killer's name is Ben Willis. Ben Willis. The there fucking we go. misdirect or the the fake boyfriend fourth ticket. For this trip is Will Benson. With the, with the reveal on that is. Then you get it, Will Benson. 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 Like wow, <laughs> loved it. My favorite. So he gets the MVP award solely for when he reveals he's the killer to Julie, and he's like, "What's your favorite radio station, Julie?" <laughs> yeah, you're live on WKRP. <laughs> oh, just. They they were racking their brains like okay so we need something as iconic as what's your favorite scary movie what what, mm. what about what's your favorite radio station yeah. is that what you're positioning <laughs> yes dang okay that's a stretch I like it though um and they also so two requirements gotta make it again more like Scream and Jennifer Love Hewitt needs to scream at the sky again gotta do it at some point right gotta scream at the sky <laughs> also her new single needs to be in the soundtrack. Twice. We get it. We get it. It's the second song in the movie, and it's also in the credits. I loved it. Classic reveal on, on Will Benson, by the way, when she's she's trying to tend to his wounds. She's like, I can't I can't see a wound. I can't find an injury. But, but there's, there's so much blood everywhere. That's not my blood. Oh, it's so good. It was almost as good as when they were in the bunker, and Julie's like, Carla, grab my hand. Carla, why aren't you grabbing my hand? And Carla's oh like, God. I am grabbing your hand. And then Julie turns around, and then Carla turns around, and she's holding a corpse's hand. She's holding a corpse's hand. <laughs> they went into a dark room together, and she just started fishing for hands. Oh, I loved it. They... I loved it. They wrote the punchline of that joke and worked backward. They're like, how do we get how do we get back from here? Oh boy. Okay, I thought of another point of why Julie is an unfriendable friend. Okay. Because at some point when they're running in terror throughout this hotel, they are back and forth like a fucking ping pong ball. This is unforgivable. I know you're all talking over the about. place. This they is end- not a final girl move. <laughs> they end up in the fucking attic for some reason. Yep. And one Julie's like, that's my room. And you realize that the honeymoon suite had a mirrored ceiling. Yeah. And Ben Willis was just a groundskeeper or whatever at this hotel. So there is some other worse creeper. Yeah. Who was the architect <laughs> and or the owner of the hotel. Yeah. 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 Don't don't trust it, I guess. Right. Could be a two way mirror. But Carla Brandy steps in a precarious spot and her leg falls through and she's stuck. The bartender who's had two lines maximum in the past hour goes to fucking save her and Julie, Jennifer Love Hewitt, even though the killer is hot on their tail, is up in the attic with them, yep. just stands there whining at him. Well, she's the, she's the audience surrogate, Kim. She has to witness this. <laughs> she doesn't even lend a hand. Not she one. She just fucking stands there the whole time. Brandy almost dies in that yeah, like, really, really almost dies. Like, collapses through the ceiling with the killer in a tussle, and then they're both, then the bartender and Julie are just standing above it, like, get up! <laughs> I, I love when she has fallen through the mirrored ceiling, 
and runs away and has, and then makes her way out onto like another section of roof that they can see through the window of the attic and she's being chased and Jennifer Love Hewitt at this point decides that oh I should probably help my friend the bartender goes she's too far gone she's already <laughs> dead leave her <laughs> And then promptly she falls through another set of glass. Whoever like the stunt coordinator loved Brandy falling through glass. Oh. I don't know why. She did it twice in the span of 5 minutes. <laughs> but it leads for like the best fucking killer hero moment when she's trapped in that greenhouse area and the killer yeah. get, the killer gets in through the double french doors fucking and fucking doves. <laughs> Just like like it's a John Woo movie and we're about to throw down, right? Oh. The only way that would have worked even better is if he put his fucking hands up and then he went like like toward her with the <laughs> hook, right? Come at me. What you got? Are you talking about like the Mortal Kombat stance? Yeah. I wanted him <laughs> to finish her (laughs) (laughs) and he didn't no his body Mm. counts uh his body counts okay but he mostly just kills hotel staff in this yeah i guess he does have a grudge against them though i don't know why i guess because they have a graveyard for his wife and on that hotel property yeah you know what's really weird is that um the fisherman starts you know, wherever home is for Freddie Prince Jr., like wherever their like small fishing community places, mm-hmm. because he totally tries to kill Freddie Prince Jr., kills Freddie Prince Jr.'s friend, who another man. This movie's loaded with character actors. That guy, I'm sure you'll remember from from Dust Till Dawn. He's the he's the bartender in the very beginning of From Dust Till Dawn. Oh fuck! Yeah, he uh, totally slaughters that dude. Leaves Freddie Prince Jr. in the ICU. We get a fuck. We get like a whole scene in the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> where, where he escapes. But that that means that he is also racing to get to the island just as fast as Freddie Prince Jr. Which means there's a there's a definitely somewhere off camera. He He's in a little dinghy boat trying to, like, make his way through well, the storm was, over to the island, too. He was in the ICU, and he also wasn't pawning off an engagement ring and la-di-da. And also, there are two fucking killers, John. This is a scream scenario. One's at the front door, one's in the closet. Okay, so you think that Dad doesn't show up until, like, the end? Like, the real, like... I honestly... I was trying to figure it out what we watched, and I just stopped caring. Oh, it doesn't matter. No. I don't think it matters at all. There's no. only one spot where Gen- uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt gets a look at his chin, and you see like, the Ben Willis stubble, and you're like, oh, it's Ben Willis again. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's definitely also her quasi-boyfriend. Halfway through, people are, like, dying, and he's like, guys, I'm going to go catch up with this guy, and they're like, don't go by yourself, and he's like, I'll be fine. And then he fucks off into the wood to murder people. That is the absolute best. Like, no, it's fine. We'll be great. I'll I'll be back. (laughs) Just literally backs away from the camera. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you know that he's the killer, like rewatching this is so great because he's just being the worst. Just trying to like shoehorn himself into like every social interaction that Jennifer Love Hewitt's doing has. Um, Like they're going to the club. She runs out of class. He's always there. It's like, bud. It looks like you want to kill her. Like Just you are fucking way... smiling like a creep. Oh yeah. I mean it got him onto the island. <sighs> and the the thing is, is because I guess Jennifer Love Hewitt is so filled with trauma that we don't even know how she feels about him. Mm. Apart from like she loves Freddie Prince Jr., but does she? But does she? But does she? And this guy's coming on to her and she's like, uh about it. But is she just uh about it because she's like, No, I'm crazy. I can't be loved and crazy. <laughs> I can't be loved. 
Her character does a full fucking 180. She is a wafer cracker floating in the breeze. (laughs) Yeah, in the hurricane, yeah. And then all of a sudden, confirmed, you're not crazy, there's a killer on the island, and she's like, somebody give me a gun or an axe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that axe that she can't throw. She just, she's one of those people that is just waiting for a zombie apocalypse. That's when she will fully become a human being. Oh, yeah, we all know those people. (laughs) Yeah, ooh. (laughs) They get a lot of reality TV shows. She's just, she's barely a human being for the first, same as in the first one, though. After they kill that guy, she's like, oh, we killed a guy. Uh, you know, I think it's, I, I, you know, I think uh, it's, I think it's soft writing, maybe, but I also, it's not like Jennifer Love Hewitt is out here fucking getting nominated for Oscars in 2022. She didn't graduate to better material. Also, according to IMDb trivia, she didn't do another horror film after this one because she did not want to be seen as a quote unquote scream queen. I know you told me not to talk about Freddie Prince Jr. anymore, <laughs> but. Can we just for us just for like a split second just put down on wax his love and appreciation of his new electric toothbrush at the end of this movie? <laughs> like they do they do the exact same thing they did in the first movie, right? Like they give you another scare. And it's like, I still, still know what you did last summer. It's like James Bond will be back in the next film it's next summer. Yeah. Ripped straight out of the scene of fucking poltergeist with the clown. That's what the scene is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, there's there's a lot of I'm gonna say callbacks to your favorite horror movie scares. There's oh, plenty. I am making fun with this movie. Okay, good. Not of this yeah, movie. Yeah, we are on the sidelines cheering this movie on. They're uh, like the scoreboard, <laughs> there's no way they're taking the trophy home. I but watch we this are, movie at least once a year. <laughs> I yeah, love this. We own it on VHS and we are slowly wearing it out. <laughs> I gotta say, I like this more than the first one. The scares, yeah. I, I, the, 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 the scare sequences, the set pieces in the first one are better. I'll give you that. There's, this one there's, is more watchable. This one's way more watchable. Yeah. And part of it has to just be that they're on a fucking tropical island. Yeah, who doesn't resort. love fucking vacation horrors? Yeah, with minimal cast. There's like, we can't afford that. Like, I don't know, maybe it's hurricane season. Like, ooh, that's going to be even cheaper. That's going to be great. Did you get to say all you wanted to say about Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. and his toothbrush? I, I mean, like, I don't know that there's a whole lot to add, but like, Jennifer Love Hewitt is literally walking through this house like, oh, I think there might be a killer in here. I think he came in through this window. I think these are his muddy footprints. Like She didn't see the muddy footprints. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, that's dumb of her. She's very inobservant. Uh, but like the whole time, we just keep cutting back to Freddie Prince Jr. brushing his teeth nonstop. And it's almost as though Freddie Prince Jr., the actor, knew, I've been in here too long. And he just looked at the toothbrush There's like- There's not I've... enough to this scene. <laughs> like, ah, I just, I, just, I just love this thing. Like, actual line from the movie. <laughs> While his, I guess, wife at this point, or at least fiance, is getting murdered in the room next door. Ugh. They bought a house on a fisherman's salary. On a single fisherman's salary. That's why we know humanity peaked in the 90s. That's how we know. People could afford homes. She's a fucking student. You- student. Yeah, yeah. And he's a fisherman who, I quote, has not caught a fish in weeks as per the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and And both of them were able to just fuck off to the Bahamas for a vacay. Yeah, he's self-employed. That's one of the benefits. Anyway. (laughs) I'm just saying, 90s was the peak. That's it. Uh, Kim, I gotta ask you, what's your rating? Oh, I'm not done yet. You're not done? Okay, what else you got? Oh, I wanted to to take a minute Uh 
and clearly a very important minute. Yes. To talk about the biggest killer of them all in this film. Gale Force wins? Well, apart from the hurricane. What? <laughs> the tanning bed. Oh, the tanning bed. This is this is a key. This is a cornerstone of this movie. Okay, now, the film will have you believe that it's Ben Willis and or Will Benson with a zip tie. Nay, nay. What? I'm going to read you about the dangers of tanning beds. Okay. <laughs> this... No, this is really serious. This comes from the government of Canada. The government of Canada's website has a page on the dangers of tanning beds. Okay. Obviously, I'm pale as fuck. I do not tan. Yeah. I'm a burner. Uh Um, My sister worked at a tanning salon for like her entire young adulthood and uh-huh. always tried to get me to go tanning and she she would bring me pamphlets about how safe it was yeah <laughs> and then it made was like, by the company yeah. like you know what your goth sensibilities need a tan <laughs> it's not gonna happen and i was like you know what that's something i haven't you know kept up on because she does she hasn't worked at a tanning salon in like 15 years yeah yeah is like what is the science behind tanning salons now they're surely they're fucked. Yeah, I love that you're you're understanding not just you, I just mean a person, a person's understanding of the you know, health risks of tanning beds is about the same as your understanding of QAnon. Like you really only you really only get in the thick of it if you have a family member that's like deep in the trenches. Yeah, I do not know tanning science. I'm not up on the on the tanning science journals. So uh, I went. You mean to tell me you don't read these articles I keep leaving out by your bedside? Fuck! I should be. The sun is coming for us all. Okay, tell me about this. Why are they so dangerous? Okay, health risks from tanning equipment. This is no literally if you want to cross reference canada.ca and then search tanning. Yeah. Like natural UV rays, the risks of UV exposure from sun lamps and tanning beds far outweighs the benefits. You may think a tan looks healthy, but a tan is actually a sign that UV rays have already damaged your skin. (laughs) There's a lot of scientific evidence that repeated exposure to UV rays from tanning equipment can cause skin cancer. And then there's like a whole bunch of studies. Okay. And oh, skin damage caused by UV exposure is cumulative. Your risk of getting skin cancer increases if you use tanning equipment, especially if you use it repeatedly before the age of 35. Wow. But either way, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in there for a fucking while. You don't think the Canadian government's in the... Well... (laughs) I guess they're not. They just put out that information. Were you going to say like they're in the pockets of big tanning? Well, I was going to say, it's yeah. clearly they're in the pockets of big, big sun. Big copper tone. <laughs> and get that big, big copper tone funding. The fucking naked girl with the little dog. What? What is the world coming to when you have to go to your government to get your information on whether or not to get a tan like, this summer? Do not go to the mall. <laughs> Your life may depend on it. <laughs> that was my Canadian government accent. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Yeah. <sighs> I wonder if the American. Uh, I wonder if any of the American governmental web pages have anything about tanning. Yeah, and you guys have like Florida and shit. So let us know what what is the verdict on tanning salons down there. I don't really see them as much up here, and they used to be in every single one of those little like, outdoor strip malls. Yeah, like those little convenience plazas where it's just like, oh, well, there's too many neighborhoods here and n- not enough convenience stores. People need to get smokes within a block and a half from their house, so they would do that in like a Portuguese bakery. And a tanning salon. Oh, man. That Portu- <laughs> and a I know exactly mat. what you're talking about. That Portuguese bakery was incredible. So good. Anyway, uh- <laughs> <laughs> but it, I'm sure right beside it used to be a tanning salon. 
Yo, I don't know. I think I may have told this this on the podcast before. I went to go get a tattoo once, and while I was just waiting outside, I was probably having a cigarette. It was around that time of my life, and I was just waiting outside for the tattoo artist to finish up with whoever he was with, and I heard the tanning door open, like the the store for the tanning salon open. I looked back, saw that it was a girl from high school that I knew that I kind of didn't necessarily want to just strike up a conversation with, so I just kind of went back to whatever I was doing, probably my, like, shitty Blackberry phone, and I heard, thump, and I looked back, she fell fucking face first into the ground, like, she had been in the tanning bed for way too long, looked great, like, super, like, skin was amazing on the sidewalk. She, she cooked her consciousness? She fucking, yeah, she cooked herself out, and some other girl, some other girls from high school came running outside after her, uh, because I think she was in the tanning bed too long, uh, dehydrated herself or whatever, and was coming out for some fresh air and just fucking face planted. And it's like one of those, you know, like you fainted standing up and you fell, like your whole body weight went right down on the ground. It sounded bad. I thought you were going to tell a story about a like a bakery story. I was really excited. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to tell you the story about this bun I got once. Oh, I, it was so great. You know, literally... they tie it into a knot and then it like <laughs> puffs up in the knot. You get to eat the top of the knot first. That's what I thought the story was going to be. You were like, nope. and then I saw that the bakery had fresh buns, so I bought for the whole tattoo parlor, and then my tattoo was free because I got them a bun. Oh, can you imagine? That'd be incredible. I thought it was going to be like a happy story like that, but you guys, tanning kills. It's as lethal as Ben Willis or Will Ben's. <laughs> yeah, or at the very least, it faints. That's what we know. The tanning beds will faint you. Um, yeah, so fucking 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, you that's know, real low. It probably got that fucking rating because it didn't credit Jack Black. Jack Black. That's it. Yeah. That's the bump you need. There are only 10 characters in this movie. How yeah. is Jack Black not on that cast list? It boggles my mind. Yeah, we don't even have a percentage point on Rotten Tomatoes for every character in this movie. That's yeah. a shame. This movie's fun. This movie's, like, all oh, the characters are fun. It is so in much their own fun. Way. Yeah. I love this movie. Oh, it is. It's jump- Love's a strong word. <laughs> I take it back. Jump scare central. Which is exactly why I am going to give I Still Know What You Did Last Summer a 2.5 out of 4. I left space like I was going to say on Letterboxd. On Letterboxd, <laughs> I'm probably going to give it at least a 3 to 3.5. you got to bump up those numbers. Is it a 3 out of 4? I'm mm. giving it a 3 out of 4. It's watchability, John. That's it's really good. That, you know, we here at Nightmare on Film Street. I do like it more than the first one. We rate based on fun. And I had a fucking blast. Yeah. And that's the thing. When you propose this as an episode, I'd be, I've been looking forward to watching oh, it every single day. So ready. We're like, I don't know, two weeks now. We've been like trying to find the time for it. And like, mm, I'm going three out of four on this one. It's a good one. I like this movie a lot. It's a good one. Did I say it was a smart movie? No, I didn't. I never said those words, and they will not come out of my mouth. If you read that anywhere, they are misquoting me. I don't this know. is a the, fun movie. The fucking karaoke kill, like just pure. Oh yeah, that's genius. Pure ingenuity. Yeah, I take it back. Smart movie. <laughs> Every opinion I've had, I have back checked. Like any good, any good thing I've said, I'm like, eh, maybe that's a little too far. And anything bad, I'm like, no, 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 no I'm wrong. I, I'm wrong. <laughs> All right, guys, it is your turn. Let us know what you thought of I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. I Know What You Did the Summer Before Last. <laughs> you can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast. You can find us in our Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. 
And leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. It really, really helps us get the show in front of more fiends like yourself and grow the horde. Spotify, it has a rating system now similar to Apple Podcasts. You don't even have to leave a review. You can just leave us five stars. Uh, and it's a super quick, super free, easy way uh, to support the show. And if you want more Nightmare on Film Street content, bonus episodes, live streams, and watch parties with us, join the Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Until next week, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.